Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Please take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and I'd like to read verses 1 through 11. The Bible says this, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. And thus we have the words of the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians at Corinth. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for this Resurrection Sunday, this Lord's Day, called the Lord's Day because of his glorious resurrection from the dead. And we pray that you would guide us now as we study the Word of God, as we consider the vital significance of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. May your Holy Spirit work in our midst as we study the word today. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this past week, I got to thinking about how with many of the material things we have in this world, uh, there are certain key components or ingredients which must be present and working if they're going to function properly. For example, it's imperative that you have a key, or a key fob, as they call them nowadays, if you're going to start your car. It is a must to have gas in the tank and oil in the engine's crankcase if that car's engine is going to run. The same is true with breaking bread. I should say baking bread. I've got breaking bread on my mind. The same is true with baking bread. Yeast must be present uh, in the dough if that bread is going to rise. Or how about the human body? If the heart goes, we go. We must have functioning lungs if we want to stay alive. And if the brain dies, well, you know what happens. If any one of those vital organs of the body fail, we are in big trouble. And just as material objects have certain key factors which must be present and operative if that object's going to function, 
so also does the spiritual realm of God have a key factor with regard to our eternal salvation. And of course, that key factor is the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. The literal, historical, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is the indispensable key factor to the saving truth of the gospel. The truth and believability of the good news of Jesus Christ is dependent upon the historical fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And so today I want to look at five basic reasons why that is true why the resurrection of Christ is so crucial to you and I as Christians and to our faith and to Christians everywhere. The first reason is this, number one, because it shows that the scriptures are true and reliable. The resurrection shows that the scriptures are true and reliable. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, Paul reminded the Corinthians that it was he who had preached the gospel to them, the good news of salvation. He had proclaimed the good news of eternal life to them, and they had received it and had believed it. And this was during Paul's first visit to Corinth. He also says, that they were continuing to stand firm in their faith. They stood firm and solid in their faith, just like a large tree stands when it's well-rooted. And Paul then says that it was through this gospel that they were saved from their sin, that anyone who holds fast to what Paul had preached is saved. And Paul then goes on to state exactly what that gospel message is. And it's so succinct here, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This helps us to understand why Paul said, unless you believed in vain. If a person's belief or their faith, no matter how sincere, is not involved with the historical facts of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it is in vain. It's empty, in other words. That kind of belief or faith is empty or worthless as far as eternal life is concerned. The value of faith is not faith by itself, but the object of that faith, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're told that all three uh, of these events, Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, took place according to the scriptures, referring to the Old Testament. He was saying that everything which happened to the Messiah was predicted in the Old Testament. In fact, Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 12, predicted his death some 700 years before it took place. And Psalm 16, again in the uh, Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, Psalm 16, 7 to 11, predicted his resurrection. In light of this fulfilled prophecy, Paul was certain and confident that his Bible was true and that it was reliable. He didn't doubt one word of it. And the same is true of you and I today. We can have the complete assurance that every word in this book 
the Bible, is reliable and true, both the Old and New Testaments, because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He fulfilled to the smallest detail all that the scriptures said and predicted about his death, burial, and resurrection. Now think about it. Let's say that I write a book, and I tell you that my book contains the best advice in the world about how to live. In fact, if you will follow the advice in my book, you will live forever. Well, first let me say, if I ever do some crazy thing like that, don't listen to me and don't buy the book for sure. But if I were to do that, how could I prove that my claims are true? Well, for one thing, I could say, kill me, and in three days I will come back to life. And then if that happened, you would obviously know that my claims were true. Now, that is greatly oversimplified, but in a sense, that is what our Lord has done. I know that the words and teachings and wisdom that are contained in the Bible are absolutely true because Jesus was raised from the dead. In fact, I know that the entire Bible is true because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. What a comfort and encouragement that can be to each one of us. But let's move on. The second reason the resurrection is so crucial and indispensable is because it shows that Jesus Christ is true and reliable. If the Lord Jesus Christ would not have risen from the dead, he would have been what? He would have been a liar. That's because he himself said he was going to rise from the dead. He predicted his own, resur his own resurrection. He actually said, I will die, I will be put to death, and I will rise again. For example, Matthew 16, 21 says, From that time, Jesus Christ began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. In Matthew 20, 18 and 19, it says, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and will deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify him. And on the third day, he will be raised up. You can also read something very similar in Luke nine twenty-two through 27. The resurrection of Jesus shows us that Jesus Christ is true and reliable in everything that he said and did. Jesus talked much about heaven uh, and even more about hell. He said that he was the son of God and that he was the only way for a person to get to God and to heaven. He said that if any person does not believe in him, they will spend eternity separated from God in the lake of fire. Jesus also said that he will return to earth and he will reign on the earth as a king. And Jesus said many things about himself, about his life, the truth of God and his future plans. And we know that every word he spoke is true and reliable because he rose after being dead for three days. As C.S. Lewis once C.S. Lewis once said, 
in reality, Jesus could only have been one of three things. He was either Lord, liar, or lunatic. Think about that. He was either a liar, he knew what he said was false, but he lied about it anyway. Or he was a lunatic, what he said was false, but being deluded, he thought it was true. Or he was the Lord and God of the universe. Every word he spoke, in other words, was and is true. Lord, liar, lunatic, which is he? Well, listen to what Jesus said in John 13, 12 and 13. The Bible says, And so when he had washed their feet, the disciples' feet, and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. Jesus is Lord. That means Jesus is God. In fact, he is the great I am, the eternal self-existent one. And you can read about that in John eight fifty eight. Jesus himself said in John fourteen six, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And Jesus proved himself to be the truth by rising from the dead. And being the almighty God, the grave could not hold him. In fact, in Acts 2.24, the apostle Peter said, And God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Jesus Christ is true and reliable, and his resurrection proves that. Well, the third reason the resurrection is imperative to the truth of the gospel is because it take it makes us confident about our personal salvation. Because it makes us confident about our personal salvation. No one need ever wonder about or doubt their salvation and or their eternal destiny. As Christians, we know for sure that we will spend eternity in heaven with God because our Lord Jesus rose from the dead He appeared before hundreds of eyewitnesses, and then he went to heaven himself. He went to heaven himself. In fact, if we take go back to 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 8, we see that it says this. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 8, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep, meaning they had died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Oh, this is just amazing. Just amazing. As we think about this, uh, we rejoice in the fact that our Lord Jesus rose from the dead. He appeared to witnesses, and then he went to heaven himself. In fact, Acts 1.9 tells us that he ascended into heaven. 
Mark 16, 19 tells us that he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus Christ is alive today, and he is preparing homes for us in his Father's house in heaven. And you can read about that in John 14, 1 to 3. Because Jesus Christ died and paid our penalty for sin in our place, and he rose again, God will now accept us. Our sin no longer need separate us from a holy God. Romans 4.25 speaks of Christ as he who was delivered up because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Jesus' holiness and righteousness have been placed into our account by God's reckoning. That's called imputed righteousness, where God places the righteousness, the holiness of Jesus Christ, he places it into our account and considers it, reckons it, considers it to be true of us. And that is, when I say of us, those who have believed in Christ, those who have placed to their faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus had to die to pay for our sin, but he rose again to impart to us his holiness. Because he is God and perfect and holy, he lives forever. And now because we are justified or declared righteous and holy, we shall live forever. The resurrection was a proof that God had accepted his son's sacrifice for our sin. Think of this. If everything prophesied in the Bible came true, except for the resurrection, then I would be very nervous about my eternal destiny. You know, Buddha and Confucius and Muhammad, they all had some interesting things to say. However, all of them are still in their graves with no hope of eternal life. You know, Josh McDowell tells a story uh, about when he was traveling in Israel one time. And while having a discussion with a tour guide who was an Arab, with some mockery and disrespect, the Arab said to Josh, Oh, you Christians, you are in such sad shape. We can go to the tomb of Muhammad and show people his body. But when you go to the tomb of Jesus, it is... And then he hesitated. And at that very point, Josh chimed in with, That's right, it's empty. And thus, for the first time, it had dawned on this tour guide that the emptiness of Christ's tomb was very significant. All of the tombs of all the great religious leaders throughout history have kept their victims. No one has ever escaped and come back to life except for one, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder Peter says of Jesus Christ in Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Each and every one of us can know for certain that we will go to heaven and live forever with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead and is alive today and forevermore. But a fourth reason the resurrection is a key factor of the gospel and of our faith 
is because it makes us confident about our own future resurrection. Because it makes us confident about our own future resurrection. People do wonder, even Christians, what exactly happens after death? What happens after these physical bodies die? Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8 tells us that to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. And at physical death, the believer's soul and spirit is instantaneously in the presence of the Lord. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, we read about the bodily resurrection of believers and the fact that Christ will come back to snatch us away and his church will be snatched away from this earth and he will take us back to heaven with him. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18 tells us, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. That right there implies that he's alive, right? He will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. In other words, those who have died in Christ, those who have died believing in Christ, shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I also think of 1 Corinthians 15, 16 through 24, and it tells us that Jesus Christ is the first fruits. It goes on to explain that. He is the first fruits of those who will be resurrected. That is, his resurrection set the pattern for your future resurrection. It was the prototype, if you will the first fruits. Just as he rose again and received a new and glorified body, so shall we as believers in Christ receive new and glorified bodies. Philippians 3.21 tells us that, and you can read about it in Daniel 12.1 and 2. Not only do we have confidence about our own resurrection, but also about all the future blessings which await us as believers in Jesus Christ. And such realities as the glories of heaven and that dwelling place that our Lord is preparing for us, the eternal rewards that await us, as well as being in Christ's very presence, being rid of our sinful Adamic flesh and seeing him face to face, uh, how wonderful that will be. For then the Bible says we shall be like him, for then we shall see him just as he is. 1 John 3, 2. Brothers and sisters, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then no one would be raised from the dead. None of us would be raised to face our eternal destinies or to enter our eternal home. There would be no life hereafter if Jesus had not been raised from the dead. However, as a matter of absolute biblical fact, he is risen. He is risen indeed. He has been raised from the dead. So why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important to the gospel and to our faith? Because, one, it shows that the scriptures are true and reliable. Two, it shows that Jesus Christ is true and reliable. 
Thirdly, it makes us confident about our personal salvation. Number four, it makes us confident about our future resurrection. And finally, number five, it gives us the assurance that Jesus Christ will return to earth, just as he promised. After Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to the women, uh, to the apostles, and later to over 500 brethren, he ascended into heaven. And in Acts 1.11, those believers, as well as all future believers, were given a promise. The angels said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. This is our assurance of Christ's second coming, and it is based upon his own glorious resurrection. He will one day come with the clouds, bodily and visibly, for all to see. Why did 11 of the apostles die martyrs' deaths? Why have thousands of believers in Christ for 2,000 plus years sacrificed their lives for Christ and the gospel? Why do so many believers in Christ today risk being killed or being ostracized or disowned by their families as they follow Jesus Christ? Why do believers in Christ say this? I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Why? It's all because of the historic truth and reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fact that one day soon he will return to this earth. Put more simply, it's because they believe that nothing else really matters. Nothing else in this world or life is really all that important. This is why Paul said what he did in Philippians 3, 8 through 11. Listen to it carefully. There he said, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of or compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, literally manure, in order that I may gain Christ. In that passage, he also said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So I would ask each of you this morning to examine your own heart. Is your number one desire and goal in life to know and serve the Lord Jesus Christ who has risen from the dead and is alive today? May we always remember that if the resurrection did not occur, the gospel and the Christian faith would be empty and meaningless. If there were no resurrection, none of us would be here doing what we're doing. I would not be here ministering from the word of God and teaching the word of God. I would not read and study this book. I wouldn't serve God. I wouldn't attempt to minister to believers. I wouldn't look for the second coming of Christ. 
The reason being is that there would be no Lord, no Lord to serve, no Bible to read and study and preach, no believers to minister, minister to, and no returning Savior to watch for. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 19, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is vain and your faith also is vain. And those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if the resurrection is not true and we have hoped, then we have hoped in Christ in this life only. Then we are of all men most to be pitied. Let me say that again. If the resurrection is not true, and we have hoped in Christ in this life only, then we are of all men most to be pitied. Paul was right. I close with this story. A certain countess from Hanover, England, who lived about 100 years ago, was a noted unbeliever and was vehemently opposed to the doctrine of the resurrection. Well, this lady died when she was about 30 years of age. However, before her death, she gave orders that her grave should be covered with a slab of granite, that around it should be placed large square blocks of stone, and that the corners should be fastened to each other and to the granite slab by heavy iron clamps. I mean, this lady was going all out to secure her grave once she was gone. Well, upon the covering of upon the covering of this inscription, uh, there was placed this these words. Quote, this burial place purchased to all eternity must never be opened. End quote. Thus all that human effort and power could do to prevent any change in that grave was done. But ironically, something happened. A little birch seed fell into a crack in one of the granites, one of the granite stones, where it sprouted and it began to grow. And the root found its way down between the side stone and the upper slab, and there it grew. And slowly but steadily, it forced its way until the iron clamps were torn apart. The granite lid was raised and it is now resting upon the trunk of the birch tree, which is large and flourishing. The story reminds me of the Apostle Paul's words and that wonderful truth. But now Christ has been raised, the first fruits of those who are asleep. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He is alive today, and we rejoice in that. Amen? And since that is true, let us praise him today. Let us worship him today, and let us love, serve, and obey him today and every day until he comes. And by the way, if you are a person that has never before received Jesus Christ into your life, I would encourage you to do it today. If you've never turned away from your sins 
and never believed in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as Lord and God and Savior, and if you've never put your trust in him, believing that he died on the cross to pay for your sins, then I encourage you, I ask you, will you believe in him today? Will you receive him as Lord and Savior today? Will you call upon his name? Because the Bible says anyone who is willing to call upon the name of Jesus Christ will be saved, will be forgiven totally of all their sins, and will receive the gift of eternal life. Again, all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray for anyone who's listening to this message or who has listened. I pray that if they need to know Christ, I pray that you would work in their hearts and draw them to yourself. I pray that they would repent or turn away from their sins, that they would turn to Christ and rather than rejecting him, believe in him and accept him and receive him into their heart and life. Oh, Father, may they confess Jesus Christ as Lord, believing that he rose from the dead, and may they be saved. Oh, Lord, work in their hearts, and we will give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.